0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin.
1: This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Kirk Penn. Kirk, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Hi, Kevin. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real privilege to be here. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, and it's uh, it's our privilege to have you as a guest. But I'm just curious, uh, as you can you share a little bit about who Kirk Penn is to our audience?
0: Sure. So, um, so I'm a Kiwi, uh, originally from New Zealand, and uh, currently living in in Australia. I've been here for uh, 11 years, and um, so I'm an IT consultant fundamentally. Um, and we live just north of Sydney, uh, around about uh, 80 kilometers or. 50 miles, uh, north of Sydney in a quiet little beach town.
1: Thanks for translating that for us. <laughs>
0: no problem. And uh, so, um, yeah, we, we live just north of Sydney in a quiet little beach town here and, um, been married for 17 years. I've got, uh, three children, uh, which keep my wife and I very busy. Um, but yeah, we started, uh, my business service management specialists uh, around about 10 years ago now. And, uh, Have really just uh, enjoyed the journey so far. Um, It's been very, it's been a lot of hard work, um, but so far so good.
1: Well, I appreciate you uh, kind of touching on the family side. I always appreciate when the guests do that because you know a lot of times they just kind of launch right into well, this is what I do for the business and just go on past that. And and I mean, I love the fact that that you share you know family where you live that type of thing because I think it it really paints a a holistic picture as we listen to the the rest of the chat here, but. So, so tell me, education-wise, I mean, is that, how did you get into IT in the first place? Sure. So my background, uh, when I first left school,
0: um, I was a drummer in a band, uh, so I played music um, for, for quite a few Perfect years. Perfect
1: strategic path from drummer to IT. I mean, everybody <laughs> does it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So I couldn't be a musician, so I was a drummer. Um, and so I really, I got to a point where I was playing six nights a week, and I was working in a music store six days a week. And uh, so I got to a point really where I just knew that if I wanted to have a family, if I wanted to uh, you know, have a lifestyle and a future that I really wanted, um, I needed to get a real job. So uh, my original, my career started in a, in a call center, very basic uh, level one customer call center. And it was, um, it was a great insight for me because it was quite a shock, uh, but also a really good understanding of uh, how corporates were structured and the whole corporate environment. Uh, So it was a real eye opener for me to um, to get that understanding. Um, My background prior to that, I had had some education, obviously, throughout high school. um, But really, at that stage, I was trying to understand exactly where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do.
1: Now, this was I mean, was the call center in Australia? Was it still New Zealand at that time?
0: Yeah, the call center was in New Zealand. I was working for um, one of the large banks uh, in the call center, so the structures uh, within that bank and how that call center was set up was uh, was was really well defined. So it was um, so it was really working quite well, and, and so I got a really good insight into understanding how that worked, and a uh, really, really good experience for me.
1: So I got to ask you. I mean, I, I imagine kind of this this uh, this friendly. Uh, like warfare that goes on between New Zealand and Australia. So ha- what made you uh, cross the ocean there and, and go to the dark continent? Sure.
0: So um, if we fast And what forward, was her I name? Guess, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my wife's a Kiwi as well. So um, so we both moved together, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, I guess uh, the way that it worked is that, you know, I, I got this job and, and a call center working. And uh, I was also very much interested in personal development. And yeah. it's always been part of my um, part of my thing. That I've always been had had a real interest in personal development and learning. So I wanted to apply some of those principles when I got into that corporate world, and uh, I did that. And I did that simply by whatever I was asked to do, I always did more. And that that led me to uh, team leader roles and to management roles. And uh, and so I found myself, you know, within a short space of time. Um, the next step for me was getting into general management and then it would have been you know, executive management and, uh, and so on. So I um, obviously enjoyed that path. It was a bit of a ride, actually, but um, you know, I kept that principle in mind around doing more than was asked for me and uh, it worked really, really well for me. Um, but I got uh, working for a, a consulting company, a process consulting company, and I worked for them for five years. And I'd worked on various projects, IT projects, and I think fundamentally for me, I've always been interested in process and always been interested in um, organization and structure. Uh, I find that uh, you know getting things sorted out um, really help on a number of levels. So it's always been a passion of mine. So 2008, GFC happened. I was working for a process company and they had uh, introduced me to a concept called ITIL. And uh, that's the uh, IT infrastructure library, which was... Um, introduced by the UK office uh, government back in the 1980s. And uh, really the background behind that is that it's a, uh, it's a set of practices, a set of books originally, uh, that helped um, IT projects to, to, to run better. So the UK government at that time was, um, was, was bleeding cash and bleeding funds and they had multiple programs running, mm. but no structure behind right. how they would run that.
1: Is that about the time they were trying to build the Concorde with with France as well?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So So they were trying to save money, obviously, on that and uh, and pour it into their IT projects. So I was was fortunate enough to get introduced to ITIL at that point, and uh, the consulting company I was working for put me through and got me trained in that area. And um, as I said, in 2008, when the GFC happened, um, I wanted to actually establish a practice around uh, using this uh, this this terminology, this methodology called ITIL. Uh, and we had a discussion, uh, I remember that discussion where we talked about setting up a practice specifically focused on this area. And they said, no, Kirk, we we, we don't know what's going to happen. So we want to focus in on what we do best and start right. to our, 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 our normal processes. So that led me to uh, exploring other areas and one of those being obviously Australia and uh, taking a contract to, uh, to, to become... Uh, work on work on a major program over here,
1: but you were. I mean, by that time, because you had that certification or that training, I mean that just opened doors to to things that you wouldn't have been able to to explore prior to that time. So, when you made that shift, was it was it in kind of the ITIL space? Absolutely, and I knew that uh, that, that that was an area that I really
0: wanted to 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 work in, and um, I think fundamentally, I think for me the 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 moment in time that that I realised um, was I came out of the training and I was I was on this path to becoming an expert in this field and I thought well if there's a defined process if there's a defined methodology of how you actually run your IT shop why isn't everyone using it mm. and uh, and that that moment for me was 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 a real eye opener so. I decided, well, I'm going to get on this path and I'm going to go and talk to as many people as I can. About sure. It. And,
1: uh, and it was my passion. So, I mean, is that virtually what you do today? I mean, is it, it's kind of turned into your own agency. You, you know, you created around this particular, like, methodology. Is that, or, or have you evolved into something else, kind of a new iteration, or is it basically you're, you built something around still the, the kind of the consistent framework that was developed by the UK government? Sure. So, uh, absolutely. Look, we, we
0: do both. So, really the practice is focused at, and I'll probably explain it quite clearly as well, we're um, really the Marie Kondo of IT. Oh, wow. So, That's a, yeah, it's, so, I was going so,
1: to expect you to say the Uber of, the Airbnb of, but Marie Kondo, uh, that works too. So Sure. So, if you think about
0: you know, how Marie comes in and organizes your home, and uh, why does she do that? You know, She allows for energy to come through. She allows you to live a better life. So what we do is we come in and we look at your IT area if you're an organisation and we say how can we structure that a little bit better? How can we give you, you know, some more flow? How can we allow that energy to flow through your business? And one thing that we have really uh, understanding and and is happening globally is the is the um, the connection between IT and the business. Um, so businesses are obviously. Uh, really working closely with IT now to enable innovation, uh, mm-hmm. to enable new uh, streams of work, uh, new innovation streams within their business. So, fundamentally, um, IT and the business is becoming one. So we're we're positioned really really well to uh, to help them to come o- overcome their, uh, their their challenges.
1: Now, these are these almost exclusively internal IT departments. I mean, you're not talking about or outsourced IT support. You're talking about internal, correct? Correct. So
0: we look after we, we work specifically with IT uh, internal IT departments. Now, in saying that, um, no one does anything by themselves anymore. So they have um, partners, service providers that plug in as well. And fortunately, the the framework that we use um, allows us to um, have some best practices around how they deal with their service providers as well. Yeah. So um, we we deal with multiple uh, service providers, technology companies, other consultancies as well.
1: So it's uh, it's interesting sometimes when you you think about like the and I, I would almost categorize this as like a support service, you know, to to kind of their their main service offerings or whatever. Do you have do you feel like that sometimes you have to educate the owner on the value of of this this type of service because they're they're like. It's almost like out of sight, out of mind. I mean, they're just kind of viewing the IT department. Those guys just need to kind of go do their thing. And I don't understand what they're doing anyway. So so kind of kind of just, and then you're, you're saying, well, we can actually make that better. You know, we can actually help them improve their their services and make them more efficient and all these things that, you know, you might add as an as a added benefit. But do you feel like you have to actually educate the owner before they see the value? Absolutely. And uh, that's part of our, our,
0: our I guess, our, our value is that we work with and and what what our goal is to be able to leave that organization um, so they become self-sustaining. And they've got a lot more of a balance in terms of uh, understanding what they need to go forward, but also having their house in order, I think is fundamentally uh, where where we're really focused. Um, So so it does take a lot of coaching, takes a lot of guidance, uh, takes a lot of understanding and listening. And I think um, that's fundamentally what we do. If you think about, you know, the traditional IT area within an organization, it's uh, scruffy, it's messy, there's wires, there's, there's everything hanging out. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we we need to come in and just help them to to guide themselves. I think IT is such a new area in terms of uh, from an industry perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, that they've just grown so fast and they haven't actually gone back and said, well, hang on, how do we actually structure ourselves in such a way that um, that, that we can
1: future proof ourselves for me right I and mean, there's there's one thing to talk about the aesthetics of, of the newest iphone it's a whole other thing to talk to you about the aesthetics of a server room you know <laughs> so you you know there's a bunch of guys that haven't had a haircut in a while and you know and eat, eat a lot of you know take care take out you know are working in this room off by themselves versus you know something that you actually see and use every day but um i i really like the way that you kind of frame that and i it, it kind of brought to mind this this question of you know sh- proving ROI or you know as, as part of the education process. I mean some things like we can I mean, say hey we can we can help you with your marketing and it will increase your bottom line by this percentage and we we can show you stats, we can show you where you have new leads, new sales, new this but improving services is a little bit more difficult to to quantify. You know, it's a little bit more uh, or at least from the from a layman's eye, like mine. So, how do you how do you in essence build that into kind of your sales presentation or the education process? Or how, how do you? I guess bottom line is how do you prove the ROI of improved IT services? Sure, sure, and 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 so so this our work obviously is is
0: is often very intangible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you think about a typical technology project where. Um, you know, we're going to replace this system with, with, with a replacement system. It's going to cost you X amount of dollars over this amount of time, which is either going to be more expensive or cheaper, but you're going to get this value out of it. Our work is broken into really sort of four key parts, and that's around people, uh, it's around processes, and it's around the technology as well. Uh, and fundamentally, the partnerships, so which partnerships are you using to be able to get that service? So, when you start to break it down in, into those kind of four key areas, it becomes very intangible. and uh, so so there's yeah. a mix of things here going on. One is that if we can uplift any bottom line cost um, then 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 there's some tangible evidence. Sure. Yep. The other part is that you know we focus very much on a level of trust with our clients as well. so um, we we work very much client side we have nothing specifically to sell so we don't necessarily go in and try and sell a platform or a technology mm-hmm. it's really around that continuous improvement um, you know operational efficiency yeah and um, really giving them a sense of uplift around uh, how they can uh, how they can work now there's some models there's calculators uh, mm-hmm. theres there's business cases that we can help to do that but I often you know get asked you know let, let's get to the numbers and um i'm also i'm quite hesitant at times to be able to get right into it because hand on heart you know this is a uh, an intangible improvement that we're delivering. right
1: right so tell me what the the typical say cio of a company or a cto of a company that knows you're coming in to help them is there a little reluctance? Is there a little reticence on their part? Do they almost see you as the outside consultant's going to come in and, and eat and find all their deficiencies? And, and <laughs> so how, how, how is that happy marriage? <laughs> sure. Look, it depends. And, and we, we have a lot of clients that are CIOs and
0: fundamentally I think the, the best um, time for us to come in is when, when they're reasonably new in the organization. So they've had a, a few months with uh, with their with their legs under the under the desk to understand where and how they need to be, uh, but they don't necessarily know what the plan is to be able to improve. So, um, so that's the time for us to come in and uh, and really build that trust, get client side. So you can imagine a new CIO who's being inundated with uh, service providers and consultants and people wanting to sell them platforms. They needed they need some some trusted advice and some advisory really about which parts do they want to snap off first and, and break down. And that's really where we can come in and, and help them. Um, when we start to work with the teams, um, to, to your point earlier, I think, yes, it can uh, cause some unrest. So once we start going in and asking questions and working through that, but but at the same time, you know, we we, we try to leave the client in a place where they become self-sufficient. So they know this is for the, for the good of the organisation and for the good of the uh, the work that we're undertaking but uh so so yeah operational efficiencies um typically uh you know a cio will say to us look i've got a couple of key areas that i really want you to unpack and, and look at and uh and that's where we come in and, and uh, add value
1: and i mean i can see once they got over kind of the initial fear or hesitancy that you know they can really see that you would add value to them because i mean if you improve their area they're going to look better too so, Absolutely. I mean, there is, there is a certainly a benefit to being able to work well with you. But how long do you typically work with a client?
0: It really depends. So, um, we can come in and do a, a like a typical assessment of, you know, where their maturity is at and, mm-hmm. and give them a roadmap and a plan um, within a matter of weeks. So, that could be, you know, three to four, up to sort of six weeks. Um, we often uh, can offer mentoring as well, so coaching. So, that could be over, say, six, 12 months. Um, where we don't necessarily get involved with the teams, but we work with the leadership team right. to identify key areas and help them become a lot more sustaining. Um, but we also get involved in the delivery uh, as well. So, for example, we've identified um, some key areas that need improvement, and then we'll bring our consultants in to help deliver that. The uh, the thing for us as well in, in our consulting business is that our delivery part is, is, is quite heavy. So, um, you know, we can't... Um, once we get involved, we're really involved. So right. you have to make those decisions up front of, you know, how, how the client wants to, uh, to engage. Um, but everything from guidance advisory and, you know, one thing I've noticed and, uh, and learned over the last sort of five, 10 years is that it's lonely at the top. Um, For sure. You know, uh, we have executives that, uh, that want to talk about things, but don't necessarily want to talk about them with their mm-hmm. direct reports. Um, they want some expertise, but um, you know their peers may not have that guidance either. So uh, often, it's it's really a, a conversation that, uh, that that starts those key areas and those engagements.
1: So when you when you sit down with a with a business owner and you're talking about you know a contract that you're about to sign are you looking at it as a project based or is it like, okay, we're going to get in here and here's kind of our retainer on a monthly basis. And we hope that this is going to be a three month process, but it could be nine. It could be, we really don't know until we really dig in or have you, by that time, have you dug in deep enough that you know this is going to take nine months. This is going to take 18 months. This is going to take, you know, whatever that is. And I can give you that. This is what it's going to cost for us to do what needs to be done here. Sure.
0: So typically our, our work is, is normally part of a you know a, a digital transformation that, that the organization that is yeah. or', or, or um, you know, they've got an initiative where they they need to improve um, typically an enterprise level of or, or some significant Im- improvement so we take it typically in stages so we'll do the assessment we'll understand the landscape and then play their back and give them some options around. Um, you know, you may want to take this path here, which is looking at a, an 18-month journey. Um, there's some tactical fixes that we can apply within three months that are going to give you this level of maturity. And so that open dialogue um, will then determine the amount of time in which we uh, which we spend with the client as well. And, you know, some of them are even very much uh, just th- their eyes are opened as soon as we can identify some gaps sure, and sure. want to bring their teams in so that the teams actually um, lead that improvement mm-hmm. uh, rather than um, a consultancy. Uh, yeah. So it really depends on a mix. And uh, you know, we've had clients that we've worked with for, for years um, and we just take off, we keep taking off parts that they want improvement on. Right. Uh, so, so that's really how it works.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I really like the way, and I can go back to a word you used earlier, you know, when you talked about trust, Um, you know, the, the, you've got to develop a level of trust with a business owner as you're, as especially one that is saying, okay, you did so well in this area right here. Now we're going to take on this next project or this next area. And, and I mean, you're, you're top of mind to them as well, because you, you delivered on what you said you delivered the first time they, they worked with you. And this is, this is such a crucial time to, to really develop trust and, and be real and relational and, and, you know, um, really interact, you know, with your, as you know, obviously it's digitally, but interacting with clients because of, you know, what we're facing just globally right now, this, this global pandemic, this COVID-19. So I'm really curious how, how you've kind of, you know, what effect it's had on your business is, you know, uh, I mean, one question that, that comes to mind too is, is in a, in a, in a tightening market is your service looked at as a luxury or a necessity, you know, um, and, and how, how you've kind of navigated that right now. Absolutely. So look, um, it's, it's
0: absolutely had an impact on us and, uh, you know, 10 years of building a business to, to, to a level, uh, where we're living, um, you know, a very, uh, a great, great life. And we've built a great business, you know, um, within a matter of days, things changed. Mm. Um, and we are, uh, looked on as a, as a continuous improvement, uh, function at, at, at a, um, at, at a board level, I guess, um, where what I noticed within days is that organizations, you know, fundamentally started to look at cont- uh, continuity. Yep. Uh, what do we need to do to keep the lights on? Yeah. And, uh, and that was a real shock for us. Uh, a lot of uh, contracts just got put on hold. Um, and fair enough, too. Uh, it was very much a time of how do, the, the priorities changed. How do, we right. get our, how do we get our workforce to be working from home remotely? Yeah. How do we ensure that network is sustainable? Um, and so that focus did change and and it certainly had an impact on us, um, and gave me a good insight, you know, into the fact that, you know, we've been going along for, for, for a long time very well. But what I do know is that at a, at a fundamental level in terms of building relationships, those foundations have been set and, um, you know, we're people at the end of the day, um, Mm -hmm. and this is real, this is real, what we're dealing with. So um, it was a matter of just allowing people to cool off, work through what was important to them at that time to keep the lights on, um, but also just to let them know that we're here when, we're, when they're ready. And, you know, it's human nature to be constantly growing yeah. and constantly um, and looking for improvement. And within the last week or two, you know, um, people are coming out of hibernation, getting that confidence again um, to, and starting to, to engage. Yeah. So, um, so it's definitely had an impact.
1: Well, I, I mean just carry on in that kind of that same vein that same line of, of thinking and you know just speak to our listeners as as a founder as a ceo you know how do you you know what are what are one or two tips that you really you know give give us hope that that we're going to get through this and it's come out on the other side i mean what are two or three things that you would do as a as a founder to speak into the lives of your team members or even yourself i mean even playing head you know get in your own headspace and, and say, this is what we've got to do. So just, just two or three steps, fundamental steps right now that you think are crucial to, to lead well in this, in this time of crisis.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, fundamentally, uh, relationships uh, have always been um, the number one thing for us. Mm. And understanding, I think, first and foremost, that we're people and that we have our lives that are actually more important outside of our work. And it's not until we get those sorted out that we're actually able to provide value in our work. So, you know, this, um, this whole uh, global crisis at the moment has impacted us at, a, at an absolute fundamental level. It's impacted everybody. So I think for me, um, bringing the team together, it's been around listening. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been really about understanding um, their and everyone's individual um, situation. Um, that they've got going on and their different pressures. And then, um, you know, working together in terms of a, a collective, uh, how can we support each other? We've all got strengths and weaknesses um, that we can uh, plug the gaps around where people are not feeling so good around certain areas. So again, as a leader, um, rolling up my sleeves, getting on with the fact that um, this is happening to everybody and yep. that I'm not everybody else. Um, has been fundamental. And I think, um, you know, I think this is a great opportunity for us to, um, you know, become a bit more real um, mm-hmm. with, with, with our day-to-day interactions. And um, I'm, I'm quite excited about that to, um, to, to ensure that it's not all about, you know, moving forward and, and driving and, and right. bringing in the revenue. It's about actually just stopping for a moment, checking in with people and ensuring that uh, those relationships um, re- remain strong.
1: I I mean, I I love the, especially like the third point you just talked about about you know, realizing you know kind of laying the the foundation of where we are. We're dealing with people you know understand this is happening to everyone. But at you know once that realization happens that we are going to pull together collectively, we're still going toward the vision. the 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 pathway may look a little different. the The vehicle may look a little different. But we're still we still have our our basic vision. We still have our ethos. We still have the goals that we're striving for. But at the end of the day, we are pulling together collectively. And I'm mean, I think that's that's just what employer employees need to hear. They need to hear that, you know what, I am the CEO and it is lonely here at the top sometimes, but you know, we are in this together and we are going to pull through this together and we can see light at the end of the tunnel. So I really like the way that you you framed that and as we, as we wrap up today, I mean, I could continue to ask you questions all day, but as we wrap up today, is there anything that we haven't touched on that, that you would just like to leave us with and then just tell people where, where the best place to find you online if they want to know more? Absolutely. So um,
0: we're, we're open for business. We're, we're open for a chat. Um, I'd welcome uh, a, a, an opportunity to have a chat with you if you have some areas that, um, that, that we may be able to help with and provide that guidance. Um, I think fundamentally from here on in, let's, um, I'm hoping that we, we become a bit more human again. Uh, yeah. Those fundamental uh, connections continue. Um, and um, you can find out more about me. Please feel free to, um, to, to connect up with me on LinkedIn. So it's Kirk, K I R K P N P E N N. And we're service management specialists.com. Um, you can take a 30-minute uh, a consult with me for absolutely free uh, on servicemanagerspecialists.com. So if you have questions around that, then I'm more than happy to, to reach out.
1: Do you, do you work mainly in Australia or, is, or can you work globally? We do work globally. Uh, we have worked globally. Um, and
0: obviously, you know, working remotely as well, uh, We we mainly focus uh, a lot of our delivery has been here in Australia mm-hmm. and also broader around Asia pack as well. Right. So, um, but we do provide guidance and mentoring and uh, uh, globally as well.
1: Well, Kirk, thank you for for really just, just adding a very human face and a human uh, personality and, and to really personalize this interview and, and make it very authentic and, and empathetic, you know, in this time. I mean, that has just shown through the entire the entire interview that this is not about just X's and O's and, and dollars and and cents. This is actually about people at the end of the day. And I know that, that if, if you lead like that, you lead well. And I just want to thank you for taking the time and just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Kirk, thanks again for joining us.
0: Thank you very much, Kevin. And uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, as I said to you uh, off-camera earlier, the first time I I started listening to your podcasts, I was hooked. And, uh, you know, you're the real deal. Um, You you, you really hit people where they need to be hit and make it real. So thank you again for providing this and uh, all the very best to your community. And uh, I do really appreciate that. Thank you. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.